Yeah. For the first time in two weeks. Your mom was here for two weeks, right? It felt like three weeks. Two or three. But the first week she was here, I was able to meditate some. It's the weird thing. She was here with that smoke, with that extreme heat, with a lot of political unrest happening at the same time. Like, she was just here when there was a male storm of madness. And didn't feel like when we knew the day she was going to leave, everything kind of broke. I hate watching the tweets on Twitter because sometimes it says, like, hashtag reinstate Trump. Is but it's like, reinstate him to what? He wasn't usurped. If election is unfair, that's not usurping. That's just a foul election. And I don't know what you do in the U.S case of that since it's never happened there's no precedence for it but you certainly don't give the win to the other person it, it becomes a no contest game you have to redo the election again that's the only thing to do right to re-elect but the U.S. system is a behemoth. You can't just, in a day, change it. So I don't understand anarchists. Well, what's the point? Going to be another system that takes over. It has- you have to have a fucking system. Yeah, that's the thing, you know. Uh, you must have a centralized system, but you can have multiple centralized systems. The problem is making the people the face and figurehead of these systems. It should be- you know, governments should be like faceless corporations in general. They should just be their symbol, and the but people are replaceable. Then you- then you'd have no one accountable, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I see. You know, as you started saying, I could see in your eyes, that's what you meant. This is why it never gets fixed, because there is no fix. Every answer leads to more problems. No matter what answer you choose, you will have problems. And then it almost feels like it will say that as a self-defeating prophecy kind of thing. O only if you stop because of it, like uh, in war game, you know? You say, well, if there can be no winner, don't even play. That's true for games like war. That's not true for games of politics. Politics is like politics is how we can work with each other without becoming murderous psychos upon each other. Because you step on each other's toes too long and there's no per se consequences, you can do anything. I mean, as much as people still get away with crap today, can you imagine if there was no one stopping murder, if no one was stopping theft, if no one, if no one at all, you know, in any form? That's, that's why anarchists are kind of dumb, yeah. Yeah, that's why I live the balanced life. I absolutely see why you do. It makes sense. In, in, in that way, it's the most fair and peaceable, you know? Mm -hmm. But then balance is different to all people. And that's where that's, the problem yeah. comes in. I feel like balance is give and take. And this thing about balance, it's it's so many things. And to make them all sync up, I think that's where the issue comes in. That's also the thing that really irritates me. When you give a gift to someone, you don't really necessarily expect <laughs> anything but acknowledgement that they received it. And somehow now that's being construed as wanting something in the end. Well, people seem to treat you in that way specifically, that they talk to you like all things you do are for angle but you seem to gravitate towards paranoid people that's true the, the paranoid people are the loudest yeah yeah and i'm just nice in general to everyone and those people are more vocal when someone's actually being nice to them oh come you know to my house and let's do this and yeah. they're the ones that kind of invite me I, I never invite myself to anyone mm -hmm. and so i give everyone a chance yeah and the people that are are more willing to put in an effort to be around me, I will do the same. It's just unfortunate that that's where their effort stops a lot of the times. Because after that, you must make more concessions than they will. Then my paranoia sets in and I'm like, well, maybe I'm just making it about me. But you know, that's not uncommon. So many people go through so many friends in life, not because either side is bad, but because there's that lack of syncing up of duty to one another, if you could call it anything, you know, how much you give and take from each other in the end. So there must be 
new level of balance to a friendship for sure. But people make it seem like you, there doesn't have to be. Well, that's because they don't want there to be. That's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, murder's not allowed, but people still do it. People aren't allowed to be ungracious. They just do it. It's not like anyone's giving them permission to be unbalanced or heavy-handed. They just don't care, and they don't have a consequence set except losing a friend, if even that. You know what I mean? They, the consequences of them are so low compared to the pain of actually putting in time investing in friendship. Because a lot of people, they're like, oh, that's not worth it. Like, oh, but they need to give me, you know? Because mm -hmm. it's easy to, to accept. It's easy to, to give have something given to you. Mm -hmm. But to give back, it, it does take genuine effort. Time, energy, sometimes money. And a lot of people are like, well, why if they're just going to leave? or what? I don't think anyone's being intentionally mean to each other as much as we all don't know what we're doing with each other. And it's scary to think about it. You start doing so much self-blame when you do. I think we all stop blaming ourselves. Not that blame isn't merited, but perhaps we could put it down a little bit. Maybe take care of the genuine blame assignment that needs to be done and the ancillary little things. Forgive for the moment, but not infinitely. And just when you need to work together. That's how I feel. I, I give it a lot of thought, like with the stuff you, you send me to watch and mm -hmm. just thinking about how people are treating each other and mm -hmm. how people are perceiving each other and how small people want to keep the world, yet how big the world really is. I just, it, it's like a maelstrom in my mind all the time. But I appreciate that you make me think these things. I feel better. Well, we obviously think differently on certain things, and the more that we're talking about stuff, I'm like, oh, I, I like him because we're so similar, but in a, in a lot of ways we aren't. Like, our thought processes are not drastically different, but they're different. They branch out at one point. It's like we're going the same di direction, mm -hmm. but we're on different roads and we can see each other and talk back and forth. Yeah. And I'm telling you what I'm seeing from my road, yeah. even though we're both heading north. Yeah. You know? Because uh, that's the thing that um, someone, when I was a kid, that blew my mind. I'd be like, you know why two people can never see the same? Because you can never get two people's eyeballs to line up exactly. How can you literally ever see the same as anyone else? You can only see from your eyeballs and never anyone else. If you could get two eyeballs to merge overlap and you look in the same direction, maybe you'd see what each other sees, but you mm -hmm. can't. Yeah. So if that's physically impossible, how can you spiritually do it? How can you intellectually do it? You're both seen in the same direction, but right next to each other only. I think that's in a way why we like movies, because we're seeing it from the perception of someone else. Yeah. And then we're being a peeping Tom inside someone else's world. Oh, it's actually, it, it's full on voyeurism for sure. Mm -hmm. But it, it's it's consensual voyeurism. They're creating it for you to see. Yeah. You want to see it. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I, I was actually thinking that. I almost said, oh, like a movie lens or something like that. That's the closest you can get to see through someone's perspective. And I think it's also apt because like actual vision and actual thought, a movie lens, they're like, camera doesn't lie. You only see the information the camera sees. You don't know what's outside the camera's view in time and space. So yeah, it lies if you can trick it, like the eye. And so I think it's a very apt comparison. So I appreciated you bringing that up. Oh, we need to watch more movies. I know. that The guy that I sent you, let me see what his name is for everyone else's reference. I feel like I've seen him on one of my um, uh, news talk shows, the, either the Young Turks or the Damage Report. Uh -huh. Either that or he looks and sounds a lot like one of the people that get Oh, movies a lot. Like, he he actually knew what Falling Down was. He knew he was Falling Down. That's such a good movie. Uh, Kirk Douglas, right? Is that, that who's the guy? Is or Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. I always get them conflated. Yeah, it's 
FD signifier. Uh, he, he's pretty good. I, I, I'd recommend him uh, for our YouTube channel if you want to do some critical thinking. You should watch Why Edgelord Movies and the Men Who Love Them. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Because it has the falling down and uh -oh. everything. But he didn't miss a couple of points of view on falling down. Like what? Well, you had to watch it and then we can talk about it. But two people addressed it really well. You know, falling down, I think Edgelord is a imprecise descriptor of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's one facet of what it is. Yeah. But there's a lot more thematic um, feeling there than Edgelord because he's not doing it to be shocking. He broke. He's unfiltered ego. It's like that filter you have on to be social but, broke. But what he's saying and I think that, that a lot of people miss out on it is that a lot of people actually admire that guy. Oh which yeah. Which you're not supposed to. <laughs> that's the detriment of, the, of that sort of thing. That's the problem. The people who create a movie like Falling Down is trying to show you this is what happens when you make someone a psychopath. They are a monster. They mm. don't care about reality anymore. Mm. They only care about feeding their monster itself. All monsters devolve into the same thing. Pure self-service black holes. That Think of any true monster in reality. Have they not just been a black hole of self-desire? That's what this was showing. He was in traffic. He was in his suit. He was doing the thing you're supposed to do socially. But that broke. That mm -hmm. social mask. And he just showed his raw soul. And his raw soul was like a 15-year-old back 20 years ago when he was at his most uh, mentally powerful. Mm -hmm. And he just regressed to that and just started living that way. And it kept going, cycling more and more where he's rationalizing his true self with the adult he's had to become. A lot of people see that and say, oh, that's, I wish I could do that. Yeah. I wish I could take a baseball bat to, to my neighbor's car or whatever. Can, I wish I could just take a soda when I want it. But the movie's trying to show you that's bad. Yeah. I feel like everyone can relate to him because everyone has that mental breakdown but he just didn't have the fortitude to keep going and that's the thing that I feel like a lot of people miss out on that they think that he's strong for going against the system but you're a stronger and more uplifting person if you continue to work the system and try to make the system into something better. I think the most pinnacle scene in that whole movie that I think describes all real monsters is when uh, he went into that uh, liquor store to get a, a coca-cola right and he's got the bat mm -hmm. or the the, the 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 shop owner had the bat and he took it away from him right yeah i think so yeah, he took the shop owner's back because the shop owner was getting scared of him and he just didn't care anymore he just was being a monster and he just takes the weapon mm -hmm. and, and he's threatening with it but he doesn't mean damage mm -hmm. but by virtue of he's insane he's damaging so he tells shop owner he's trying to explain to him like a true monster does he's like i'm not here to hurt you i just want you to understand that i'm gonna do this in this way and you have to live with it it's a form of like i don't know if rape's the right word but it, i it, feel like it, it's it's emotional. like emotional rape it's and that's the thing that's what a lot of these bad people these edgelers are doing they go up to you and say i don't care what you think or feel i want this reality mm -hmm. and you will abide or i will be violent i don't want to be violent but you're making me violent it's a very abusive mindset mm -hmm. when people become like this and people who say oh i wish i was like that guy's like this person made the store owner cringe and cry full-grown adult he did not pay the price that is now the, the store owner is out of you may not like what society is but that's all of our fault for letting it be this way because we are society so what he's strong so he can make that other person have ptsd mm -hmm. he can technically steal from that person 
he can take the guy's baseball bat because it's his weapon now, he big caveman. If everyone just could do that, where would we be? Uh, <laughs> we would be the European like history where people oh, were yeah. just invading, 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 oh, invading. Yeah, for, from the Mongols to the, the, the Visigoths and Franks. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was... It would have been exactly like that. Wasn't the dark times for a reason? Because yeah. that was the dark times, the whole, you know, given great societies arose from that was it worth the human suffering? Was it worth the the toll on us as a species that could move forward in a healthy way with a healthy planet? I mean, we all have to make mistakes. No, I mean, but, no I, that's my devil's advocate side. Hey, yeah. remember your Utena, uh-huh. a chick that does not break from its shell will die before it's, it's ever born. born. Yeah, there you go. Smash There's the world shell. Oh, yeah, no, shell. yeah, yeah. Right? Because I think that's the point of that saying. Um, if you don't learn how to break out, you'll die. But are we learning to break out? I want to say yes. Mm-hmm. I want to say no. It's so hard to see. We obscure our own future. And that's one thing I don't like about us. We like to look into the future and decide what we want to be. But we all make that future impossible by our own, I don't know, sinful ways. I don't know what you can call it. I think it's a balance between the two, and this is why I like balance. But Play to your strengths. If you know balance, speak on balance's behalf. The system will fuck with you, and it will actually prevent you from going on, but the the part where we have some kind of failing, all of us, whether we want to admit it or not, is that we stop trying to fight that system after a while, instead of trying to make it better. Mm -hmm. And I think that we just, if we want a better place, we all have to individually fight for something that makes the world better. I think that's why people like the whole voting system, because they feel like they're empowered their choice but there's more proactive ways of doing it oh for sure we all get ourselves in such a a hurry with what life is too it's also pretty hard to even take up causes you really believe in sometimes and you got so many forces pulling at you to not do what you really feel is right in your heart and too many people really crush that right feeling you have in your heart the childlike innocence that we can make the world better but everyone tells us otherwise so we just stop trying so we don't look like a fool anymore yeah because honestly you learn to be mean it's always an adult that came from something what about the good son (laughs) (laughs) again people will say stuff like that but my my genuine rebuttal is funny but i'm talking about real people (laughs) you're comparing them to a character on the silver screen which is more reality funny that was was a good point because reality is actually more fucked up than the fantasy because you guys you guys you have to watch American Greed. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like these docu-series things. American Greed's good. It is fucking good. Good series. No, it's true. You know, you can't make this up. If you made it up, oh, half the stuff that happens in reality, if you made that up for a fiction story, people are like, that's unbelievable. And then it actually happens and people are like, well, that that makes sense. It only makes sense because it happened. It's, it's interesting what we all do. And honestly, I'm glad we can talk at this high echelon of uh, intellectual rapport. I thought all we were doing was making sounds like, ooh, I'm about to blow your mind. Huh. I mean, we are. <gasps> well, I see that third eye cracking open, girl. It is. Oh my god. I don't know. We didn't even do our greetings. We didn't do our greetings. You know why? Because of my fucking mother. <laughs> you know what? The next time I'm fudging to Lin Min May, 
I'm gonna look at her and say, "You have the same name as my mom. You have the same name as my mom." Okay. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so angry. It's gonna be so angry. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of edge lords. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's not on the edge for me. No! <laughs> That's on the edge for you, then. That's a you problem. That's a you problem. That's a you problem. If anything, that's conservative thought in my that, mind. That's that's debate. That's a you problem. No, that's a you problem. No, that's a you problem. Oh, I thought of a good comic strip we should do. No. It, it'll show, uh, it starts out two cavemen, you know, with a big, huge brow and all that. Uh, one's behind one big rock, one's behind another. One has like a, a plus carved into the rock, one has an X. Mm -hmm. And the one at the plus rock says, fire bad, no want fire. <laughs> the one at the, the X rock says, fire good, get fire every home and then underneath it shows exactly the same looking people but yeah same brows everything you know <laughs> but one's dressed up in a three-piece suit at a mm. podium and same thing you put a plus mm. and the other one's at a three-piece same looking guy x mm. and one says vaccine's bad never vaccine <laughs> and have everyone say vaccine good everybody everybody vaccine <laughs> and i'll be like and, and you write on the side has anything changed <laughs> you know what i mean is look at throughout history look at anyone isn't it always this idea good do it. No. Opponent dumb. Idea bad. It's like those are your two choices. Yeah. Idea good, idea bad. It's like, I don't know, bro. Should and we be better than that? I'm the one that's in the center that I'm like, I can see it both ways. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm the one in the negative center saying, they're both lying to me. <laughs> and that, all, all four of these opinions, drawn in a circle, so mm -hmm. life. You guys should balance the 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 issue and then see what critically think on which one would be the better choice of the two. Yeah, not even just the better choice for you and your yeah. immediate community. Everyone's like, well, well, I only live in my city. It's like, that's great, man. Uh, are you the only city on Earth? <laughs> uh, this is an ecosystem. Yeah. We all live on the same stupid-ass vessel that barely regenerates itself well. Like, seriously, this plant takes a long time to heal itself. That's bullshit. I mean, humans suck at healing. We heal faster than the damn plant. That's not fair. That's that's. Oh, us. you know how the planet will heal faster? By killing us. Yeah, it's the band-aid. It is the band. No, it's not the band-aid. It's the antiseptic. Oh, there you go. There you go. You ever think viruses may be antiseptics? Mm. Uh, who's the real virus? She's <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>, I'm <you're> just. <laughs> Dorcasaurus Rex and Dodo Queen blowing minds since 1998. That sounds like a okay time. Yeah. yeah. Established. So remember in the 70s, we were all going to die of a nuclear winter. Now we're going to all die of, of burning to death. Oh, yeah. Why is it always one or the other? Why can't we just, you know. Because there's no balance. There's no balance. <laughs> this is a heavy-handed species. We need people like you. You're an actual centrist. You know, I feel you could be bribed, but you'd still throw the bribing people under the bus, you know? Well, you, that you, is how I am. Yeah, you would go out and be like, President Dodo Queen, my fellow Dododians. <laughs> I was paid millions of dollars by my donors to trick you all. And I will still do that because I am a dodo of my word. Pay me and I will trick the masses but i'm letting you know i'm doing it because i'm also a dodo queen of the people <laughs> i feel like that's how you do it and people would stand there and be like you know what she's a straight talker i like the cut of her jib <laughs> i got a million you have a million dad jokes a million bird-based dad jokes <laughs> the best kind of dad jokes mm. 
You know how you get a rise out of each other? By crafting the most intricate story that Shyamalan's them in the end. That's how you play <laughs> the adult game of winning points on your friends. What a twist. What a twist. Did I tell you about that new M. Night Shyamalan movie? The old? Yeah, in the old. Mm -hmm. One of the cameramen on set, like, from the beginning all the oh, way through. Mm-hmm. With Steven Seagal. <gasps> I didn't know he was also certified as a cameraman in Hollywood, not just an actor. But I didn't get that far into his wiki. <laughs> Speaking of Steven Seagal, let's spill some true facts about him. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, one of the ladies at work today said that he has a mansion that he just sold for like $4.3 million, whatever, that's bulletproof. But why would you need a bulletproof mansion when all you do is fight with, with Katana? It, it seems pointless. The more I hear about this guy, the more he scares me. He's like an incognito conservative, you know? What incognito? He's obviously conservative. Well, if you, if you watch any of his movies, you know he is. Oh, really? He, he's all full on. We must protect the American Constitution from the terrorists. <laughs> and you're like, okay, bro. But I figured he wasn't the one that was writing it. And that was how a lot of the early 90s movies were. So it's really hard to tell. Uh, I don't know. The thing is, every of his movies is like that. You know, you're an act like Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, Brokeback Mountain. He can play a gay guy. Totally, totally not gay. Mm -hmm. Steven Seagal is like that first Second Amendment ass-kicking, weapon-using guy in every movie. So you start to just think that's who he thinks he is. So is are you saying that Chuck Norris is that way too? It's how they think they are. <laughs> Again, we're conflating reality <laughs> with fucking movies. <laughs> totally the fuck different. No, no, no. no. Chuck, the same. Chuck Norris is a conservative, like. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, have you ever read his wiki? It's just as bad. Oh, he's. Really? Oh, there's a bunch of crazy shit in there. Did you know, like, one of his first movies was with Bruce Lee? Really? Yeah, Enter oh, the, Enter oh, the Dragon. Oh, yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, and they just didn't like each other. He was enemies in real life with Bruce Lee. Because who the fuck is enemies with Bruce Lee? Bruce Lee's amazing. It's, it's, it's this machismoism. It's like, ugh, you're a tough male. You're my enemy. Shut the fuck up. Get, get that noise out of here. I'm the alpha male here. What? But we all know only one alpha male ever existed in all of existence. And you know who that is? Who was it? Uncle Herman. Oh, Uncle Herman. Uh, I miss my uncle. You know, um, Uncle Herman, I thought was sick for a while. He, he was just watching TV to entertain us. And I appreciated that. That's a good uncle. You know, he doesn't call, he doesn't write until he has something relevant to tell you. <laughs> That's a good uncle. It is a good uncle. Right? He, 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 he you know, you say, Uncle Herman, I don't really want to hear from you on Thanksgiving. Go eat a turkey yourself. I'm sure Uncle Herman would respect that and not tell you. Uh, because he's too alpha not to. Too alpha not to. And you know, the thing is, doesn't need to tell us he's an alpha every time we see him, but he does. That's an alpha move right there. A fake alpha only says it once in a while. A real alpha says every fucking time you see him. <laughs> That's an alpha move. Oh, Uncle Herman. Oh. We love you. Uh, and, 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 and invite your uncle on again. Maybe they'll show up. Unky, Unk, please. Please, 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 come on, you know you wanna. I just, I pictured this um very princessy dodo queen, like the younger, but with the, 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 the princess peach kind of like pink frilly dress. is just looking up with, with her pretend crown being like, please uncle, take me on the carousel again. And the uncle's like, I'm not your real uncle kid. You just call me that. And you're like, please, uncle, I want to go on the swings. You push me on. No, what I would be is like, irrelevant. Do it now. Would you really be like that as a kid? Oh, as a princess. For my, my dodo 
persona yeah. came out of the egg that way. It's been established. <laughs> right? This is now canon. <laughs> if the Dota Queen herself says it is in her past, it's canon. <laughs> anything I say of your past, anything anyone says in the past, not canon. Because they didn't live that life. Only and, you did. Well, I mean, technically you're my descendant. Yeah. Because you're a bird. Yeah. And I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a T-Rex. I can tell with those shining arms. <laughs> in fact, I'm a D-Rex. Dorcasaurus Rex. Yeah. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? Huh. You're being a silly belly, Doc. <laughs> silly, silly belly. Oh, session that. No, it has to be more nasally. Silly belly. Oh my. Honestly, I hate a princess the most of all of them. <laughs> but that was the representation of her childlike I, self. I get that. I fucking hated it. Because it was honest? No! No! By your logic. No! Don't, by your no! Logic. Not canon. Not canon. By your logic. Not lo canon. By yes. your logic. Yes, by my non-canon logic. <laughs> You're afraid of confronting yourself. No! <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I admit that all the time. Every time I admit that. God, can't they not like a character without it being about me? Can't they just dislike something? <laughs> and, and it doesn't have to be from a PTSD warped childhood. Past. Can't they just dislike something? Or must I like everything? Is that how what you're trying to tell me? That's there, not balanced. There must be balance. That's not balanced to like everything. There must be balance. Oh, 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 oh. So you because you had to see the positive in someone. You had to see the negative and the positive by you wholeheartedly rejecting her. You are not finding balance. You know, my first mistake is to try to, to, to argue balance with the avatar balance. That's my first mistake. I, I can't win. But my victory in this is if you're going to face an opponent that's going to beat you, face the best. And I'm doing that right now. I'm facing the best balancer and I'm losing, but I'm learning. And I appreciate that in us. Um, you bitch. What's the positive in Princess from Session? Nine. What's the positive? She gave the person freedom to act like she was supposed to act. The the side that she was neglecting from the past. You know, when I challenge you like that, I always expect you to, to flubber and be like, oh, I don't know. And you know, after you make mm. a big to do. But then you will be poignant and right in a way I wasn't thinking. What I'm trying to say is fuck you. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for making sense. By the way, you guys, we're talking about Session 9. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a USA movie. The it, network? Yeah. Really? It wasn't a big budget film. US, well, you could tell it was, a it was a low production. I don't think USA produced it. Uh, it is really, really good. I recommend it if you like thrillers. Was it Scottish produced because the main character was Scottish, Scottish. or Welsh? I, I, yeah, uh, I, well, I can't tell. I but I think the production company it was originally written that way was and, and they may have filmed it out out there but was they that the guy from um train spotting might have been we should look that up later because i i'm not sure yeah uh but yeah he might have been one of the people mm. no i don't remember train... yeah i don't remember now that i have to think about oh, it either i need to watch train spotting again i don't remember it so well oh man that hate... baby on the ceiling oh that's not... uh, the, the, i had the... nightmares of that for like a week the part where he fucking climbs into, into the, the toilet, toilet. oh the part that like gets to me the water looks so beautiful <laughs> i i almost wanted to swim in it too but then i remembered what the fuck i was watching for <laughs> All you parents out there and your your teenagers coming of age, make them watch Train Spotting.
thing to to tell them what drugs are. <laughs> yeah, you know, that movie doesn't scare you straight as much as it makes you say, hmm, I could consent to that, but I don't know that I should. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gives you pause if you watch it right. If you watch it and say, well, that looks fun, you're not listening. You're not yeah. you're not getting it, bro. They because the main character, he was just through the whole thing not happy with himself. Yeah. So unhappy. And at the end, even, you know, when he breaks away from the cycle and he sees people he admired and loved what became of them, he's still unhappy. He he never uh, achieves happiness. Mm -hmm. The movie's a downer. And you know what? That's how life really could be, as much as I say the cinema doesn't represent reality. In some ways, you know, there's nuggets of truth in there. I mean, it's a fictional reality. It's, yeah. it's the more in condensed version of it. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, if you take the morals for what they are, and you look at them in a neutral way, neither good nor bad, or maybe both good and bad, whichever <laughs> is most balanced to you, I think there you find the closest thing to truth, if such a thing could be found. I swear to God, half the time I'm like, am I just channeling Bob Dylan because I don't know any better? He's not dead yet. <laughs> He's been dead for years. <gasps> this is a clone that the Illuminati need to hypnotize the boomers? Uh, I was going to say that you were going to be all along. It was Steven Skull. You, you, know, you, you missed your opportunity. You know what? Steven Skull could play anything, but not the man the lady. <laughs> oh. Bob Dylan ends up. Is Bob Dylan sacred. <laughs> Only one person has ever adequately portrayed Bob Dylan and that was um, the person who was the angel in um, Constantine. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's beautiful in her very unique form. Her eyes are so mesmerizing. Um, she reminds me of those statues, Renaissance period kind of things, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, like of, um, not Aphrodite, uh, the, the the one that uh, cursed Medusa to be the, the Gorgon. What was her name? Uh, oh, that's the Roman name, but uh, yeah, she was the one that that man looked upon them and she turned him into a uh, a deer or something if like any that. if any man comes across her harem I guess of, of her, her pure maidens she will curse them for looking upon the purity of femininity something like that and twice she, she made um, Medusa who was her head priestess I think at the time who was taken advantage of in the temple cursed her to be a gorgon for shaming the temple why were we on this that, that goddess damn it once I start talking about ancient Greek mythology I get lost I get so lost I don't know why I've, I've always been very interested in it. It just, it feels so down to earth, but so far above at the same time. There, there's something ungraspable there to me. I think that's uh, the reason why we all like folk folklore mm -hmm. in general. It's the more condensed version of a movie. It's like the morality and just this fantastic, this fantastic voyage to explore that morality that encompasses us, that we, we need to fight all the time. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know, because that's what all, all I've ever gotten from it. Greek mythology is just like a grim, grim fairy tale. Yeah, it, grim you're story. right. It has a lot of the same thematic feeling. Yeah, you know, and a lot of the whole ethereal, but ethereal in your world, but you never come across it truly. And I think that's why certain people gravitate towards like religion because they need that to continue that kind of. A, a lot, a lot of it seems escapism. It's a harsh reality. It is why we tell so and why we get so much stimuli from stories, you know, because it tells you that, yeah, reality is a hard, horrible, finite thing. But within that reality, we can control what we imagine. Because honestly, you really can't imagine anything, no matter how horrible and great, and no one can ever stop you from doing that. This reality can never stop you from dreaming, great or terrible. Except when they censor you. <laughs> I mean, within your own mind. Uh. 
Or are there little sensor bars in your mind? If anything, well, you let them put them there. But then, at the same time, isn't that still censoring? Because it becomes toxic when it's just churning in your head. And if you can't say out loud, then it is like censorship to your mind. I'm just trying to say why I think we like stories. No, I know. I went on a tangent. Oh, yeah. Thing, no, no, but, but, but that is true. And I think that's its own debatable thing. But is it censoring? I mean, I see the word for it. Self-censorship? Because only you can stop your thoughts. No. There are certain thoughts that are not appropriate and then you shouldn't say them out loud. You can rationalize why this thought process is accepted widely, but at the same time, you can't comes to grips with it. I think it's because it reinforces the darker parts of truth that we're mm. trying to escape anyways. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be said because it's uh, universally understood. I, I don't feel like it is, though. I think I understood th if not thought about. Um. People don't think about a lot of horrible things because they can't. Mm -hmm. they're escaping from it mm -hmm. and that's why they become unutterable things like words of curse <laughs> leave it to an american to think a word of cur a curse word isn't a word of curse <laughs> i'm like when he said it i'm like shit that's a really good point. Such a stupid episode. Oh. All the episodes are so stupid, but at the same time, you see the a really, really condensed version of Greek mythology. Oh, because, it is in many Because ways. it's just like a fantastical tale with a, a question in everyone's morals, yeah. uh, you know, standing. Yeah, and it, and it goes through a lot of the, that, that classic ways that we like to see our, our heroism, you know. It starts out, um, uh, something is taken or missing mm -hmm. from the the protagonist's life mm -hmm. that they must adventure to regain or, or, or create or whatever you know and whether it be from an enemy force or by virtue of not having and wanting mm -hmm. and they encounter the blockage on the way but in the end they make it through by by trying hard or whatever it's, it's all thematic but it, it's it's presented in personal ways mm -hmm. imagine though if the greek stories were like that darman stuff oh that's <laughs> true yeah and that's the thing you know stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. So I, my question is, would our stories be different if those were? And you point out that if they were like Darman's stories, mm -hmm. how bad would ours, if, if from thousands of years ago, if building to the point we're at now media-wise, what would our stories be like if they started out like Darman's? Oh my god, we would be, oh, we would be dead. We would have killed ourselves long ago. <laughs> because those things are just, you can't put a band-aid on a gushing wound. And that's, oh, and sorry, uh, this is why I hate the extreme liberals because I feel like that's exactly how they see the world, how Darman's presenting it. And it, it makes me feel sick. Oh, no, that's how the whole libertarian thing is. It's it's a childish way of looking at the world because you don't like that it's complicated and unanswerable. Mm -hmm. People like Darman and the people who like that whole, oh, people are only racist because they were taught bad. Just tell them and they'll get it. People who believe that need to believe that because they really can't confront reality because that is not reality. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a that that's a Muppet show. Darman makes Muppet shows for adults. Because don't the adults in them act like Muppets? Why? Well, yeah. I'm taller than you, and I'll have a hang up on that, and you can't stand it. I'm the bitch. Ah, bah, 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 bah. Ah, yeah. yeah, right. Like their heads might as well be flopping around. Mm -hmm. and it's like, dude, these are serious issues he's bringing up. They are serious issues, but he, you can't condense it. Oh, and he does, and he he makes it almost feel like he's making fun of the situation like it's oh, yeah. satire 
on how the liberal people feel about yeah. certain things. Yeah, that's the worst part is like, it seems like satire, but it's, it's not ironic. It's literal. He means everything he says and believes that's the true path. And it's kind of like, well, man, have you never had a hard tie in your life? Or did you have such a hard day that you broke? And this is what reality is to you now. Yeah. Where is your, where, where, where's your glitch, bro? And, and, and give me my fucking dollar. <laughs> I need a fucking computer. Oh my God. Don't you understand? I'm suffering because this motherfucking <gasps> Dorkasaurus Rex <gasps> decides that he has to do art. <gasps> and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Because I have actually no life and I depend on the computer. I sit in front of the computer all fucking day. So give me a fucking computer! I'm, I mean, um... Hi. I was scared till the end, and then you you won me back. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's a good that's a good follow up. Oh, our thing affirmation. I had to tell your mother what is those affirmation things were. The thing that you you say something positive about. Oh, something you're thankful about. Yeah. Oh. If it's positive, that self affirmation thing is a thing to open up new pathways in in your head to think differently like i told her it might make you feel cringe at first but after a while you start to accept not even accepting you just start listening to what you're saying that's why psychiatrists have you repeat Mm-hmm. Or, or say the whole sentence of how you feel, not like, how do you feel today? Good. It's like, good how? Good why? Good. Mm-hmm. You say the whole thing so you hear yourself. Because you start being like, well, I don't actually feel good. I just mm-hmm. said that. What I feel is bad because, you know, someone yelled at me this morning. And then they'd be like, yeah, you feel bad because someone yelled at you this morning. Like, yeah. Like, have you thought about that? It's like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. It's like, how do you feel saying it? I feel dumb that I was mad that someone yelled at me this morning. It's like, yeah, because it's dumb. You know, you, you talk it through until you're just like, why do I feel that way? It's, it's a terrible reality. But you know what? I'm not unglad. I'm a life anymore you know i'm it's a hell of a life i don't think i've reached that point yet like it, it's I, weird to say i don't know how i feel i was thinking about it I'm, do i feel the same way and then i felt that twinge of fear i'm like yeah. nope <laughs> well even seeing it like you see like wasn't i kind of hesitant to say i'm like yeah. i'm like is this true <laughs> because you know of course i don't like the bad but damn do i like the good things I like this podcast. I like our video games. I like our cats. I like this soda. I like my cigarettes, you know? There's so many things to love. I guess that's one thing that I don't realize and I had to tell myself more often. I take a lot of things for granted of what I do like. Or more like I tried to hide what I like so no one can take it away from me. That was my problem with being open about music and going outside of my music genre originally. Mm-hmm. I used to get ridiculed in a way that maybe wasn't so bad, but it hurt me in a way mm-hmm. that I couldn't handle. And so I got skittish about music for the longest time. And I find the more I realize that, hey, I don't need to be scared anymore. If someone doesn't like the music I like, it's music. It's subjective. I mean, half the people at work listen to only like country country. Mm-hmm. And I don't ridicule them for that more than jabbing like a friend. Like, oh, you like, you know, songs about your pickup truck, huh? But you know, if they want to mm-hmm. tell me about the differences between country singers and songs and what they like, if they're passionate about what they like in it mm-hmm. oh i'll listen happily because i understand what they mean even if i don't know the people and the players yeah you know and that's beautiful and if i didn't open myself up if someone said i like country and i'm like i don't want to hear it at all because fuck country that again like i said before the same no i'm closing the door to people when i say sure tell me about it i can judge then are they assholes about it mm-hmm. or are they genuinely okay about it mm-hmm. but if i said no i could never even judge so that's why i try to be more open like that and that's why i started to say uh, life is okay because if you let it be it can be <laughs> i'm scared to say that too you know what i'm scared of accepting that i don't have very good friends i mean i have one good friend and she's very good 
and she's a really nice person. I wish we could do more for her. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Everyone else, I feel like it's more of a give, give, give. If it's not like physically giving something, it's emotionally giving something to them. And at this point, I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> I, I really, I really want to find someone that I can talk to, like with you. If you love that person's personality, you're going to try a lot harder. But if you're not, then you're not going to. I mean, like people are replaceable. I think that's what I don't really like about the world is that everyone treats each other like toys and they get tired of it and then they upgrade to a new toy and it seems to be a huge criticism too from a lot of people and yet will still conduct themselves in that way yeah and, and yet isn't that something in the media you hear quite the criticism of all the time of, of each other yeah again we're just right and right right and wrong fall on that question yeah it's like it depends on the parameters like you've said before it does and at the same time even when you're in those parameters and you can try to make the most intelligent decision you can still so be wrong yet you can also still so still be right and it feels like luck guided the hand and yet doesn't it's so mysterious this is why people i think believe in, in a higher intelligent force and stuff just because there's all this strange patterning we see and it has to mean something it can't always mean nothing like some people say like you know i say you know if there's nothing out there in space then nothing is cool there has to be more than what we have and that's why we tell stories i think and enjoy them because it shows us there is more i think that's why i gravitate towards like people that feel a little broken and i i never like saying this because uh people make it out to feel like you're kind of manipulating them because you know their situation and thus you can but anyways uh that, that's different tangent but um i think the reason why i gravitate towards broken people and i think why women do in general is because they want to fix them so that they can fix themselves or in, in a more neutral way of saying it they want to grow together as a child they weren't they had no role models no 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 one there to be able to you know help them bloom kind of thing oh okay to, to, to help them yeah come out of their youthfulness into their true adult peacock yes. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like, in a way, I felt left behind and I couldn't be with a normal person because I knew that I couldn't hold myself to that standard of what they needed and I knew that I was going to be thrown away very easily. But if I stayed with someone that was within my group, thought that they would accept me because they knew that they themselves were damaged but a lot of people don't uh have that same mentality i set myself up for failure in that aspect it's not a meritless thought process though i mean it's logical it makes sense it's a congruent thought you know beginning to end you can't pick it out and say well that's stupid but it's only stupid because we make it a stupid thing by going against it. The sad part is you are a very logical person and you're a very compassionate and very fair person in a world that's not. Everyone else needs to get to a higher standard because balance is a higher standard. They raised you to think at a higher standard, but then when you got there, they showed you that it, you didn't have to. Well, even then, it's like my standards of intellect, my standards of self-being 
isn't accepted anyways because one, I, I never graduated from high school and everyone thinks I'm stupid automatically because, because I don't have a piece of paper. And I don't think I'm smart per se, but I'm not stupid either. So I, I just, I feel like there's this constant way of labeling people and I feel even worse because since I didn't graduate, I'm just another statistic of a female minority that didn't graduate. And it just, it weighs even heavier on me because of that. And from such a young age, you've had such heavy concepts pushing you down. That's why I came to a breaking point. This is how I thought for the longest time. I cannot remember a time that I did not think this way. And it's heavy. You've gone so long. I'm sure from pre-teen age feeling this way. It's been the vast majority of your life. You've had this on your soul. And you make me think more because of it, you know? Where is intellect? How do you prove intellect? Is it in the words you say? How you say them? Is it in what you can physically make? Is it in carpentry? Is it in art? Is it in bioengineering? Is it in cleaning glass so well that it's the most perfect piece of glass? Is it by finding the right rock to turn in the glass? Where is intellect that so many people must rate each other over it? Education is a status symbol. And, and, and since it's a status symbol, it becomes erroneous on its face and its own merit, you know? Yeah. So for a person to say, well, if you didn't graduate from X, you're not as smart as people who did, but how do you prove those people are smart? Mm -hmm. If it's just a symbol of intelligence, but you never need to show proof of that beyond you did it. And I get like with certified things, like I'm not saying, oh, you can become a doctor without. I, I just, I'm just really tired of uh, people saying that someone's stupid because they don't have something, you know? No, it is awful and, and it, it's, uh, it stigmatizes you. Mm -hmm. and affects you through your whole life. Write us some questions. Write us some questions. We invite you to our podcast, unless you're a dick. Yeah, anyone who wants to come in and talk, we'll, we'll get figured out. And we'll, and I can quantify what a dick is, so. <laughs> oh, and you know what a dick is. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good Steven Seagal sighting in the world that we know is somewhere on his wiki page, we just haven't got to it yet, please send us your, your, your Steven Seagal sightings. I mean, what was he an airplane pilot? Was he a Yeti on top of a mountain? Uh, <laughs> is he a hot dog vendor in New York? Where is Steven Seagal right now and what is he doing? You know what? Huh? He's in all those places all at the same time. You know, I would have known that if I got to the end of his wiki page, but I just haven't done it yet. No. Jesus, is Steven Seagal Yahweh? <laughs> Wait a second, if I rearrange the letters on a piece of glass, spelled backwards, and put it in, in, in a tub of water, refracted at midnight, <laughs> Yahweh's name becomes Steven Seagal on the wall. Oh my God. Oh no. If I had read his wiki all the way through, I would have known that already, but you know, I have to to piece it together myself like a fool. I mean, it, it's like its own Bible <laughs> with all the things that he's done. Oh, you know what? It kind of feels like it, right? <laughs> right? It's like, remember the time Steven Seagal turned water into wine? <laughs> sure, yeah, man. I, I believe that, honestly. Instead of uh, water into wine, he turned that carrot that he was eating into <laughs> fat. <laughs> oh, that's a miracle. How do you, how do you turn a carrot into carbohydrate? Hydrates. That's that's alchemy. Oh my god, maybe he is the new messiah. I don't know he's not. Hey, 
Yahweh works mysterious ways. He does. Nah. <laughs> well, we are too lazy to say goodbye to you in some creative fashion. Yeah. So, bye, bye fuckers. fuckers.